Hi, I'm Justin Godro, and this is Audio by Justin. I like sound uh, for a number of things, really. Uh, it kind of allows a story to be told better for the visual, um, as well as the... I don't want to say it's like science of it, but to make a sound that doesn't exist is uh, is a challenge, but to make that sound exist in a format where someone doesn't even recognize it is kind of what I like. It's I don't want to say it's like magic, but you know what I mean? Like it kind of influences the visual that you're watching, and if if it didn't exist in the first place, I like that feeling of knowing that people didn't didn't hear it for it's a sound, they just watched the picture. And uh, I was a drummer and I wanted to make music, so um, that kind of brought me into how music was made, not just played. And once I went to school for my engineering, uh, I realized that there was sound design and there's a whole bunch of other aspects to it and that's kind of where I caught my bug. Uh, sound design is taking audio that um, is either pre-recorded or you record it and they put it into picture. So like if you're watching a movie, um, the sound effects that you hear could either be recorded or brought from a, a library somewhere, um, but sound design um, or sound editing, some people call it, it's the same thing to me, um, that is putting those sounds together uh, to, a com like, I guess, what would you say, complement the visual um, so that when you're watching the film, you experience it at a, a greater scale. I'll talk more about Open Your Eyes soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I go to theaters now, uh, I do notice a huge difference. I'm not, I'm not watching a movie to watch the movie, I'm watching the movie to hear how it's mixed or the sound design that was done or the foley that was recorded or um, you know, where things are panned. Uh, so I'm, I'm very analytical now with uh, going to the movies, for sure. True emotion in film is accompanied by sound with uh, pulling people's attention to the visual you're watching. Uh, so whether that's, you know, in surround sound, it could be a door closing with somebody off, off screen um, to accompany that it brings the audience into that room that you're watching in front. Um, or it could be a car crash sound where you're watching a car crash from the interior of the car. 
So your surround sound would have, you know, other elements of like broken glass or, you know, screeching tires or wind or things rolling around in the car panned so that it centralizes the audience in that scene you're watching. I'll work on a deep dive on that in the near future. When working with film, my process starts pretty much the same every time. It's uh, when I'm doing like a re-recording mix, um, I usually start with the dialogue because depending on your output medium, you have to have certain levels. Um, so I usually start with the dialogue, I do the edit and the leveling, and then um, you know I fix the problems that are there. And there's a lot of meetings uh, with directors and producers and stuff first. Um, but then after that, I go to the production sound, which um, is what was recorded on set. And that could be you know wild sounds such as sound effects that were recorded on the day or room tones or anything like that. Or it could be the characters walking. It could have been the natural sound of the floor or anything like that. So that's the production sound. Um, then after production sound, I go with uh, like the sound effects and design elements, which is things that I would add. Um, now that's either record and put in or um, take from a library and, and you know use with the proper licenses, obviously. Um, then after that, then I would go to ambiences and music. Um, the ambience varies from sometimes you don't need it because the music fills it, but I tend to lay a bed down first anyways, just in case the director says, no, I don't want the music. I don't have to waste a bunch of time for them. Um, and then once I get into the music phase, then that's pretty much where I start my full mix. Sound for film is really important because you can have a very clean uh, professional visual. And if your sound isn't the same, uh, you lose you lose your audience. And with that disconnect, um, I, I find that you can either make or break a film. And I think that's part of the reason why I feel that it's so important. Like why I do the job I do, because I want to help the, the filmmakers um, get the best product they can. Um, so, I mean, anything from room tone to you know dialogue like it all has to be matching your visual so if you have a 4k visual and and your sound is only like mp3 it's you know that to me is a no-brainer but to a lot of people they don't understand so not only is it my job to do that it's my job to explain uh to the client why uh things have to sound a certain way or a certain process has to be done um, because I, I have a lot of pride in my work, but I also have a lot of pride for my clients. Um, a lot of times that, that relationship starts with a new filmmaker. Um, somebody that comes in and they're brave enough to make a film and, you know, they have an idea and a story and once they start shooting, um, we kind of either meet during, before or after, it, it just all depends. Um, but a lot of times I feel that the relationship is built after the first time we work together. Um, like I said, I take a lot of care in my work, but I also take a lot of care of my clients. So I want everybody to feel comfortable um, and be able to ask whatever questions uh, as well as I want to be able to educate so that their next film is that much better just because there might have been things they didn't think of. 
um, or different processes such as getting room tone on the day or if you had a stream like a babbling brook or something on the day that you're like man that sounds great to recreate that in post sometimes it can take a few hours <laughs> I mean depending on how good you want it um, but without knowing that oh I could have just recorded that on the day that 30 seconds could have saved you hours in post which essentially affects your budget right so these are the type of things that I, I like to to put forward to my clients as well I've been working on sound uh, for film I want to say maybe eight years but I've been working in audio for a little over 13 now um, but in terms of films I mean I would have to look at to my credits because I've, I've worked on a lot and it's not just film like I've I've done a lot of uh, you know mobile games and I've done a lot of um, like website stuff and and virtual reality so I mean it's credits wise I, I've, I've done a lot of work over the years but I've definitely I think it's five five feature films now I think and I don't know how many short films 40 30 I don't know <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's genre specific when we're talking about similarities of like the film. Uh, you have certain tones and certain sounds and certain music um, based on if it's a horror film or if it's a documentary or um, you know if it's an animation. There, there's certain things that kind of seem to always be the same um, but for the most part it's very like I want to say task specific. Um, like with a, a documentary, it's very dialogue driven. So your main focus is the dialogue, but then you have your music and, and your ambience that really helps that out. Um, such as scene cuts or, um, you know, if there's somebody taking an interview for something drastic and then uh, the music cue comes in. Well, if that music cue isn't accompanying in the right way you lose your feel so I want to say that the recipe is the same but you always cook it differently I think with film uh, it's very it's very different uh, depending on what the scene is so it's not the whole film that I look at I look at scene by scene um, and I do that because you, you like things change so fast now whether the cut is smooth or sharp it, it's that's irrelevant the feel of it is is the scene at its entirety so if you have like a high action scene um, it could be anything from somebody firing a gun well there's this certain gun sound but then you have like everything from the the bullet casing hitting the floor or bouncing off someone's shoe and then hitting the floor or if it's a machine gun there's you know you have to mix the sounds of the shells falling on the floor versus the actual shot um, then if there's dialogue into that you have to kind of balance all of that out uh, without making the viewer uh, lose their attention or, or kind of disconnect from the scene um, so I, I look at scene by scene with film now with digital uh, that can be anything from if it's a you know a how-to video that's animated um, that's very 
scene by scene, but it doesn't have to be exact. It doesn't have to be real. Um, it, it can be as close as you want, but it's not, it's not as crucial. Um, now with virtual reality, you have, you know, your spatial sound. So when you're listening in headphones, you have to have everything exact because you have to pull a user's attention, uh, such as if they have, you know, uh, like an office space in a virtual reality. If you have somebody that's typing on a computer and you want the, the viewer to look, you have to have that sound trigger in the area that you want them to, you know, turn their head. So um, that's very tricky to me. And that's, I want to say that that's situation specific. I don't look at the scene there. I look at the sound or the trigger um, that's supposed to happen. So they're all different, but um, I do take the approach to each project, like, pretty specifically. Ambisonic sound is a simulated surround sound in a stereo format. Um, now, there's multiple ways to achieve this, but essentially, you have a left, right, and a left surround, and a right surround um, that get, uh, well, like bust down into a stereo format um, and it's it's a certain file format that when you export it out it looks like a regular stereo file but it actually has four files in it and that's what gives you your surround feel in stereo phones from my experience I mean it is the director's input or, or what your task is or your script um, but from my experience a lot of people they they tend to to trust to trust my instincts a lot from my explaining of what I'm going to do or um, talking about in the initial stages of like what I feel needs. Um, now sometimes, you know, the, the director might want something different or they might say, uh, you know, that they like my input but they want to go a different direction with it, which is totally fine and I, I would do that with the client. But um, for me, I would say that it has it has to be situationally like if if a director doesn't like something I've done, um, I change it, but not too often. Um, have I really kind of messed up on what I think they want? So I can understand what they want more so in the beginning, I guess. I'll do a breakdown on that project in the near future. For sound design and mixing, I use Pro Tools, um, but for music creation, I use Logic Pro and Pro Tools and Ableton sometimes. Well, you can use Logic Pro for both, but I, I find it's a lot easier for music creation. Um, the the MIDI is a lot easier to use, which is like when you're writing your music in, so it's a lot easier 
um, and faster, so it speeds up my workflow. Um, but Pro Tools is a little easier of a layout to use. It's a lot faster when you're editing or, or affecting sounds. Um, so it's more, I use it more of like when something is a recorded file or something I need to cut and do something with. Um, but with music, I find it a lot easier in Logic. When I view a film in a theater that I've worked on, uh, I always find something that I'm like, oh, I should have done something different or, you know, eh, that works or maybe I should have panned that a little more next time. Or, But for the most part, um, especially in Halifax, I do get the opportunity to test them out quite often in theater before. Uh, so a lot of times you can do your corrections, um, but when you can't, it's still okay. I mean, I, I still feel confident in it, and like I said, it's, as long as the audience is, is captivated uh, and still immersed in the, the visual that they're watching, I'm fine with it. Um, but I tend to sit in an area where I can view the film, hear the sound, and see the crowd at the same time. So I'm always analyzing.